Hey, Downers! From now till the end of the year, you can join the Downers Club and support the show for as little as $1 a month. As a club member, you'll get all of the bonus episodes that we do every single week and access to our exclusive Downers Club Facebook group. This is a limited time offer, so get in there before 2018 and check out all the fun we're having for just $1. For more information, check out tsidpod.com forward slash support. Following is a Goulash Media production. GoulashMedia.net. Welcome to the system is down. Well, hallelujah and happy Halloween, Downers. Welcome back to the least comfortable show on the web. The system is down. My name is Dan Smots. And before we get into today's discussion, I gotta say, I've had several people coming up and asking me where they can get the System Is Down shirts. Um, people that are good friends with me, people who I know listen to the show fairly regularly, not knowing where they can get access to these shirts. I know this sounds made up, it sounds like just a plug, an ad for myself, but it's not. This actually happened. I've also had several people asking me, where they can get access to the bonus audio content and the bonus episodes for the show. I, I feel like I've said this so many times, and I try to, you know, tone it back a little bit because I don't want to be too annoying um, for people who are already Downers Club members. I don't want to keep going over the same thing, the same thing, the same thing that they already know and they are already a part of. And for people who don't care, whatever, I, I, I don't want to shove it down their throats either. But for those of you who want to know, you can get the System Is Down merch by going to tsidpod.com forward slash shop. If you want access to the bonus content, all the bonus episodes that we do, which is usually like two to three a week, in addition to the regular main episode, you can find that by going to tsidpod.com forward slash support. These bonus episodes currently consist of a big variety show of content where uh, sometimes Craig and I, my brother, we will get on and just rant about things that are going on in the news, things that are going on in our life. Uh, we call that BTSBS, which is behind the scenes BS. And uh, I also do a regular segment with Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty podcast, where we break down the latest episodes of South Park and talk about the social commentary that they're uh, clearly plugging at this week. And most importantly, we do regularly uh, with the guests that I have on that are willing to stay on and record a bonus hour or a bonus 30 minutes or a bonus whatever. I put that out there as a bonus segment for you guys so you can hear different topics with the guests that I'm talking to. Because the main episodes are pretty, we try to kind of stick to one topic. In when you get into the bonus stuff, we kind of jump around a little bit and talk about all sorts of crazy, weird, uncomfortable stuff. And today's discussion is no exception. Uh, in the main episode, I talked with Remzo Martinez about his paranormal investigating work, uh, the documentaries that he's releasing as he explores and goes on his own personal little adventures and ghosts and all those things. In the bonus hour, we talked about everything from aliens to cults to Bohemian Grove to Pizzagate to secret societies and a whole bunch of other crap. So, again, if you want the bonus content, you gotta go sign up for the Downers Club 
for only four quarters a month right now at tsidpod.com forward slash support. I also have to give a big shout out, thank you, and a big warm welcome to the Downers Club of our newest sign-uppers uh, from the Lions of Liberty podcast. We've got Mark Clare, Brian McWilliams, John Ordermatt. We've also got John Schweppe, Forrest Bazat, Scott McElroy, William Wells, and John Barnhouse. Thank you guys so much for signing up and supporting the show. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I never in my wildest dreams thought in my lifetime I would be paid a single penny for standing in my office and talking into a microphone about stuff that interests me. So, thank you guys so much. Your contributions are going to help me build this thing, uh, get ads out there, get better gear and equipment, make it just the best that it possibly can be. So, once more, for those that haven't been listening, merch, you can get it, shirts, all those things, tsidpod.com forward slash shop. You can join the Downers Club, get all the bonus content, including today's, by going to tsidpod.com forward slash support. Okay, I'm sorry, I had to do it. I don't like to throw a bunch of ads down your throat, but apparently y'all aren't paying attention, so I just got to keep repeating myself. That's fine. I like to do it. It's, It's great. I hope you enjoy it. And I also hope you enjoy my discussion today with the great Remzo Martinez. Without further ado... Let's get weird. My guest today is the creator and host of the podcast, Rems Republic, and the more recently started uh, Haunted Republic, Rem, uh, Remzo Martinez. Remzo, how's it going, man? You fucker, you almost messed up my first name. <laughs> what the hell, Dan? Is this how we're going to start things off? It's great to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Great fan of the show. You You're know, doing a great I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit out where I almost messed up your name, <laughs> and then it's just going to be you sounding like an asshole. <laughs> Try me. I will meme you to death. I'm in the MS-13 known as We Are Libertarians. They'll fuck you up. Cool. I, I, I care. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, Remzo, uh, you are a guy who hosts a libertarian podcast, which I have listened to a couple episodes of. I'm, I'm not going to bullshit you or anything. I haven't listened to it as much as I would like to because I have my list of podcasts that I started listening to way back when, and I have minimal time. So it hasn't well, broken. Well, I didn't know who you were up until 20 minutes ago, so forget about that. Yeah. Let's spend this whole hour just insulting <laughs> each other back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, what, what I've listened to of your, your show, I do enjoy. And so you more recently started a, uh, a paranormal investigation type, uh, show on the internet. Um, and you had posted something in the system is down forum about, I mean, we weren't even talking about that type of stuff. We were just talking about how I was talking about how, um, YouTube is taking down my videos on episodes and that type of thing. And you brought up, uh, you said something about your paranormal documentary got taken down. I'm like, dude, you you have a paranormal documentary? Why aren't you talking about that? <laughs> like, come on the show. Let's talk about that. So here we are. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, it's so weird these days because um, 
I, I make people kind of cringe when I tell them I'm a political commentator because, you know, no one wants to talk about politics and the people that do like to talk about politics, you know, when, when you add commentator to it, it's like you're putting yourself in a different class. Right. And, uh, you know, instantly they just want to fight. Even people that would probably agree with you just want to argue with you. I mean, politics is so pretentious and angry these days. So yep. when I go ahead and throw out the fact that I'm also – the director and producer for, um, you know, Haunted Republic, which is a full on paranormal investigation series. Yeah. Um, I get two reactions. The people that are like, what the heck? What? And then they're like, <laughs> oh, that is so cool. So I think by, you know, having that in my pocket, I can make friends with anyone because, you know, I'm, I'm right outside of DC. I've worked in DC my entire, my entire adult life. Mm -hmm. And, um, when you watch the news, when you watch anything going on in the media, it's so divisive. Uh, the other day, I actually went outside of my office and there was a Black Lives Matter resistance encampment right outside my doorstep. And I went outside and I actually interviewed the you know, the campsite coordinator about what they were protesting. And we had a beautiful time. He offered to buy me lunch. Instead, he gave me a bottle of water because I wasn't hungry. And we chatted for an hour and we Close had a enough. perfectly good talk. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was it was it was absolutely nice. Sure. And w when it comes to just the big things that worry us, when it comes to the big questions in life, my my biggest thing is, you know, if we just had fun together, we're not going to have enough time to be angry and try and mess each other over and stuff. So I think that was part of the mission of Haunted Republic. But it's also to ask, you know, if everything is fake news, let's go ahead and ask for like, you know, the real questions. I don't care about why Melania wore shirt, certain shoes to, uh, you know, the Hurricane Harvey site. What I want to know is, are there aliens? That's a good question. Is there Sasquatch? Are there ghosts? Those are legitimate questions. Yeah. There's no settled science on it. And when my brother, who um, who produces the show, and I were talking about the ideas of a spinoff, we were like, you know, these are legitimate things. We have the means and the experience in terms of, you know, how to investigate something and how to put on a really good show. And we were like, you know what? Let, let's go ahead and do this. Let's give something for the folks to go ahead and enjoy. So that way your uh, Bernie Sanders-loving cousin and your Trump-loving grandma can mm -hmm. sit with you and you guys can have a beautiful conversation about what the heck you're seeing me run away from. Sure. And uh, that was kind of the premise of the program. Cool. So is it kind of to bring people into uh, that particular realm and then bring up the political stuff uh, on the back end? Or is it more just like a passion project that you want to do anyway and you kind of see it as a good way to incorporate both? It's more of a passion project. Um Right around the time that we had just finished editing uh, Haunted Republic, St. Alvin Sanatorium, which was my first film, mm -hmm. what we did was my brother and I went to an advanced screening. screening sorry, you want to edit that part. <laughs> we went to an advanced screening of Sir No Face, which was a documentary by the world's greatest uh, paranormal investigator, Chad Selleck. And in that film, he was talking about how some associates of him got a full body apparition. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, they do. But there was one part in that film where Ryan and I are watching it and we're like, oh, my gosh, this was a great documentary. Look at what they did to prove that thing existed. And that, how, that thing is so crazy. And then at the end, he's like denying the existence of Sir No Face is like denying that climate change is man-made. And I was like, oh. you bastard, you bastard. So you had when to, we didn't went, you? <laughs> yeah, he, he just ruined it. And I was like, now I don't want to watch any of his stuff. Um, right. So. As we looked back at, um, you know, what we had edited for 
St. Albans Sanatorium. It was really also going to be a historical look at the progressive mental health movement. And uh, at that point, we kind of dialed it back. Uh, we were like, you know, let's just go ahead and show them the process. Let's just give them something that's just entertaining. It'll be an, it'll be informative, but I don't want anyone to have that experience with what I kind of had of Sir No Face. Because mm-hmm. now whenever I think of that film, the first thought in my head is I, I was so ticked that he basically, you know, tried to call me out at some point. Right. It's it, it ruins the premise, you know. With libertarians, I think they're especially bad because they try and make everything creative or artsy, like super libertarian. But, you know, art can be beautiful simply for the sake of being so. And with this documentary, what my brother Ryan and I wanted to do was put together um, a real authentic quality, but, you know, thought provoking and ultimately a spooky documentary. And I think we succeeded at that. You know, this was a, a project that, um, was extremely, extremely confined by a very tight budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not filmmakers. We're not trained. So this was really our first time on the spot learning how to film and capture evidence and everything. And so far, the reception has been great. I'm not getting, uh, you know, crazy Britney numbers on YouTube, but, you know, <laughs> we've got a few thousand views as of now we've been climbing uh, i've gotten to talk to some pretty awesome people about it to promote the show you know jim harold from the paranormal podcast the campfire podcast all that stuff he's my family's favorite paranormal sure. podcast he's really their favorite podcaster which you know is no offense to me but uh you know i got to go on his show i got to go on two of his shows to do that and then just the other night i was on um you know beyond reality radio with uh jason hawes from the organization taps which was the organization that um, the show Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi focused on. And that was also really cool. So the fact that, you know, people are wanting me to come on and talk about this and I haven't received any negative criticism, which is rare for me because people like to go ahead and toss some shade my way. I I think we've done very well. And with our um, our second film, which was a Patreon exclusive film called Haunted Republic Suicide Bridge, we had definitely smoothed out the the edges and fixed our mistakes from St. Albans. And, you know, uh, Suicide Bridge was definitely, I think, twice as good in terms of just, you know, editing quality and everything than St. Albans. So I think we've just been doing, um, you know, some crazy awesome work. And it's on the part of the people that we've gone investigated with. It's on the part of my brother, who's um, uh, now the executive producer. I'm more in the directorial stance since, you know, we need to separate the projects out so that way we could do more but not bog ourselves down of stuff. So Haunted Republic is touching a core with you know, thousands of people, because I think it's something that anyone can talk about and it's nothing super controversial. Um, you know, a majority of Americans do believe in some form of an, of an afterlife and surveys show that a majority of Americans do believe in ghosts. So this is something that people can definitely enjoy. And the fact that I'm not constantly looking for a phantom around every corner, like the dudes from other shows on TV, the fact that I came into this initially just trying to debunk what other people had said, mm-hmm. I think it shows some authenticity because I'm not just showing them the results. I'm showing them the process. And I think that's why Haunted Republic is succeeding where other paranormal shows where they're where that's all they do are failing. Right. So what got you into this stuff? I mean, you said that your your family listens to podcasts about paranormal stuff. Is it something that has been ongoing in your family of interest or is it something that you looked into mostly on your own? 
It was um, something we were always interested in. You know, Friday nights uh, on Travel Channel were always the scariest places on Earth type of shows. So it was always something that kind of bonded us together. But, you know, there have been points in my life where, um, you know, either myself or members of my family or friends, um, you know, there were always those stories where it's like something strange happened and it almost seems like it's unreal. And you kind of keep those moments in the back of your mind because you're like, am I going crazy or something? But then you look back and learn more about it and you're like, wow, what if that was something amazing? And ultimately, the the cool thing about this is you get to be the character of your own story. You get to go on the adventure yourself. And now since I'm an adult, uh, you know, I get to go out and, you know, make my own decisions when it comes to this. For example, uh, just recently we were filming another episode of Haunted Republic here uh, here in our own neck of the woods near Manassas, Virginia. And we contacted this local church, which was right on the corner of this old road that we wanted to go investigate because it was an old, uh, you know, staging ground for the Confederacy. And we had done a pre-investigation there and found some spooky stuff going on. So we called this church just asking if we could park our car there, you know, after midnight. And um, they were very, very nice. And it was kind of strange because they were like, yeah, you can go ahead and park your car here to go investigate that road. Um, By the way, how about you uh, come in and you go ahead and investigate our old cemetery (laughs) and our church? And I'm like, why? And they're like, oh, you know, just things and stuff. And here's the key. So I'm like, you just gave the key to a stranger and right. you want me to go ahead and investigate your church and clearly your cemetery? Clearly something's up like, there. <laughs> clearly something's up. So initially, as we're planning out this episode, it was just going to be on the road. And we may go back there just to do an episode on the road. Um, this was actually very recent. So we're still dis- we're still deciding whether or not that should still be another investigation we do or whether or not we should just kind of, you know, leave that area alone. But um, you know, we had about 12 hours of uh, investigation time that we were going to dedicate to filming this specific investigation. We were only actually going to give the church um, an hour. We were like, oh, we'll do like half an hour in the cemetery. We'll do another half an hour in the church. It's an old Civil War era church. It actually goes back to, I think, 1748 mm-hmm. when it was founded. But, you know, they didn't tell me anything. They're just like, oh, you know, strange <laughs> stuff happens. So I'm like, oh, you know, they just feel like it's a spooky church and people are looking over their shoulders and stuff. Of course, it's going to feel awkward. Right. Um, that place was like insane in the membrane. And we spent six hours there. Oh, wow. <laughs> because some crazy nonsense that I hadn't experienced. And I've had some crazy stuff happen. If you watch uh, Haunted Republic Suicide Bridge, you get to see me get force choked by something and puke near my dad. Really? Um, yeah, it was I watched your first fun. documentary. I haven't. I, I didn't know there was another already, but I'll definitely well, check it out. Well, for a dollar a month, you can go ahead and see that one. <laughs> but, um, but some things like that, that place had never been investigated before. They gave me the key to the church. I asked them, it's like, have people come here and done like paranormal investigations before? And they're like, no, you're the first. And I'm like, why is that? Why is this happening? Right. And it turned out to probably be the most intense investigation of my life. Yeah, and the the church thing is crazy because from what I mean, I have friends that also do similar work, and uh, seems like church people are more like they don't want you to come in because they don't want to know. <laughs> like if there's something there, they don't want that to be pegged on their church. So that's crazy that they're just, they're just like, eh, we've seen some crazy shit. So come tell us what's here. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was really weird because there, this, unlike the other investigations I had done, we actually figured out that there was a mystery 
to this church. Um, it was almost like something out of Scooby-Doo. It was really weird because by the end of the night, we actually ended up solving this mystery. And I don't want to spoil too much. But bottom line, we go in there not expecting anything. We you know, encounter a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And then we find out that there's this giant mystery going on in the church. And, uh, you know, the very next day I met up with a whole bunch of the congregants that had, uh, you know, strange occurrences happen. And then suddenly I'm like, okay, it's time for honesty. Now what happened? (laughs) And the exact same things they're telling me are things that I caught on tape in front of my own eyes, in front of Ryan, in front of a friend of ours who this was his very first investigation. Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend who at one point got so scared, she took my car keys and took my car to drive back to my place. And she also (laughs) happened to have my wallet. So um, it was a crazy night and without you know, giving by the spoilers, entire, you got to give us a little tidbit of something. <laughs> um, we, we encountered the, uh, the, the founders of the church were still actually haunting the inside. And ultimately our working hypothesis is they were defending the church from, you know, negative beings because there's actually a demon. Mm-hmm outside in the cemetery and this may be an incentive for you know people to go on our patreon and throw a dollar a month for haunted republic but we actually it sounds weird saying it we caught a demon on camera well that's uh, about about to sell me into buying into patreon so that's fine (laughs) it was uh like i my brother and i watched it 20 different times we looked at all the factors that could prove whether or not it was a shadow or reflection mm-hmm. or an animal. But um, we we do think that it was uh, the equivalent to a full body apparition, mm-hmm. which we caught and based off some uh, phasma box sessions and um, some of the communications we had with what we do think are the church founders, they are protecting the church from that inhuman being that's hmm. on the grounds. And one of the crazy things about it is that because that entire area was, you know, the Manassas battlefield, the first and second battle of Bull Run, that church during both of those battles was used as a field hospital. And somewhere on that on those grounds are um, something they call the bone pit, which is where they actually threw amputated limbs. They've never been able to find it. But at one point, my brother is... Um, you know, conducting a flashlight session. And as we're talking to one of the founders of the church, he asks, um, do you know where the bone pit is? And it says, yes. And then he says, will you show me where it is? And it says, no. Mm -hmm. And later it tells us that it should never be found Mm. because if it is found, it will bring a lot of negative attention to that church and the congregation. And it will go from being a house of the Lord to a you know, a sideshow attraction. Sure. And we do think that that might potentially be the source of the inhuman and demonic activity mm-hmm. that is, um, you know, bringing a lot of negative energy to the congregation. Yeah. So, 
Now you, you mentioned it's, it's so crazy, man. We're still editing that video right now. And I thought I kind of remembered everything that happens. But as we're reviewing footage of our um, sessions and investigations, uh, like there's so much we're still uncovering and catching on camera. Like that one moment we were actually literally going to delete that video mm-hmm. until Ryan was like, let's just watch it all the way through. Because this is the part where our friend who says he saw it freaks out. So we just wanted to watch him freak out. <laughs> and then when we watch his GoPro footage, we see that thing and we're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. Now you mentioned uh, a flashlight session. I I watched your first documentary, so I actually found out what that is um, in that documentary. Uh, can you explain that for the people listening? So a flashlight session is when you get, uh, you know, some people use a mag light. We use a mag light. But uh, essentially what you do is for any light that involves any type of twisting, if you go ahead and twist the light, right onto the fine point where it could either by just, you know, a, a, like by a hair turn on or off. What you do is you set it down somewhere and you try and talk to whatever is in the room. And because of that loose charge between on and off on that flashlight, um, whatever's in the room could possibly use its energy to turn the light on or off. And the only reason why we know that this isn't an issue of the flashlight is because right before every investigation we conduct, we not only buy a new flashlight mm-hmm. for disclaimer purposes, but we also put in batteries right before the thing. Yeah. And we test it out a little bit. So there's no way they could say, oh, maybe it's a faulty flashlight. Well, then you're saying we've gone through almost a dozen <laughs> faulty flashlights and they're all doing the same thing. Maglite but is the a craziest brand. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is um, – you know, when we're conducting these sessions, some people say, oh, well, what if it's chance? And I'm like, what are the odds that it's responding almost exactly to near voice commands? It's almost like Alexa. It's like, why is that thing that has no function possible to do that? Why is it talking to me? And I had a friend call me as soon as uh, Haunted Republic St. Albans came out. And he was like, man, was that a voice activated mag light? And I was like, I want you to go find one on Amazon <laughs> and then send it to me because that stuff does not exist. Right. Yeah. And for me personally, so that's what that session does. Yeah. For me personally, I, I went into your first documentary um, pretty skeptical of, I mean, I've had other ghost hunter paranormal investigators on the show and it's like eh, i don't know where i stand on it um the flashlight session to me was the most compelling bit of your first documentary because i'd never heard of that and you can see it happening in real time on your uh on your documentary and it's extremely compelling extremely interesting now i have to ask like what is your stance on like spirituality and religion that type of thing because that obviously plays a big part into these investigations yeah, I'm um I'm a Methodist Christian, so I come at everything from a biblical worldview. Um when we finished our first documentary at St. Albans Sanatorium in Radford, Virginia, I had come out of that dead on convinced of one thing. Ghosts are not real, but demons are. And I was straight up dead convinced. And it's the opposite of my brother, which is good because it's good that we can debate this. And, you know, we can come at things from different angles because my brother, who takes more of my dad's Catholic side, um, he believes in purgatory. And 
you know, the fact that spirits and ghosts can linger on the realm of the living. So we come out of that and Ryan is just you know, like dead on convinced that his point was proven. But I was like, OK, so this stuff does happen. It's not just for crazy people. But what does this mean? It means that obviously because you can either go to heaven or hell, it has to be demonic because at the end of the day, you don't know what you're dealing with. After this last investigation that we conducted, um, because the entities we encountered and communicated with did not show signs of demonic activity, we encountered both, you know, the demon in the cemetery roaming the grounds. We uncovered a whole lot of residual energy playing in kind of a, a you know, replay loop. And then we encountered what we think are up to three sentient beings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little more open to saying, okay, maybe there is such a thing as purgatory. Maybe there is, you know, like an in-between almost. And um, I'm still trying to come to that point. But I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely still in the learning phase because, you know, you can go back to some of my other interviews where I promoted Haunted Republic. And I just said, yeah, no, there's there's no ghost. Everything's just a demon. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, well, after that investigation, if I'm going to be intellectually honest, I've got to say that's not consistent with our evidence. It's not consistent with our working hypothesis. And if it's not consistent with what my preconceived notion was, then I have to go ahead and reevaluate things, yeah. which is fun because now that means I just get to go on more investigations to prove it. <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah. So with that, um, I mean, you're you are or at least were in the same kind of the same mind space as I am. I mean, my thought is maybe they're all demons. Maybe some of them are pretending to, I mean, it's like a ghost conspiracy played out by demons um, where they're uh, pretending to be these ancestors or pretending to be. That that can happen, though. That's the thing. That can happen, right. though. So, so where's the line exactly? You said some of them had more demonic activity. What exactly does that mean? That What is the thing that convinced you that there are there's a difference between this entity and that entity? Um, the main difference is whether or not it is baiting you to harm yourself, because I believe that, you know, the perp- a ghost will scare you, but then some are more peaceful spirits. They're kindred spirits in a sense. Sure. Um, anything that tries to harm you. And here's the thing that people need to remember. It's not like the movies. A demon cannot kill you, but it can make you harm yourself. It can make you kill yourself. Um, I was, uh, violently attacked by a demonic entity in Gettysburg. And, um, yeah, I'll never forget that moment because on video you see, uh, you see me start, like I'm hurling and I'm just coughing and I'm choking and I'm like, I have no control over myself. And I thought at the time, my brother who was staying behind me or my dad who came on the investigation with us, I thought one of them had jumped on my back Mm. And started choking me. And it wasn't until within like a split second I noticed that my brother was behind me. My dad was almost two arm lengths away from me and that there was nothing on top of me. And then to make matters worse, I puke in front of everybody. Yeah. So – and at one point, I, I turned to a, a mag light because we c- were conducting, you know, we have a, a laser grid pen, we have a phasma box, we have dousing rods, and we have the mag light. And I'm like, what did you do? And all of those things activate. Yeah. And then almost immediately, um, you know, our cars are parked, not even 30 feet away. All the headlights come on. We hear uh, what we think is a residual cannon fire. Um, an owl goes crazy and then we start hearing growling and we're like, how did all this stuff happen? Right. Um, so I think the fine line ultimately comes down to, is it attempting or is it trying to cause physical harm? 
So you think if it's not, that it is definitely not a demon. Yeah, because you can have a poltergeist. A poltergeist is not, you know, trying to hurt you. It, you could have angry spirits. In the church, uh, one angry spirit we encountered um, was definitely threatening us, was trying to get rid of us. And around that time, it did manage to get my girlfriend to go home. And at one point, we had what I call the climax battle. At one point, we're on the second floor of this church in the new edition where we thought nothing would happen. And then that's where the craziest stuff happened. Sure. But at that point, because the three of us didn't leave, I think we kind of broke its will to do stuff. So we go back to the main sanctuary where we had started off our investigation. We we're like, listen, we're not here to do anything to the church. We're not here to harm the church. We want to help. So what's going on? Right. And then the whole energy in the building just got a lot calmer. Mm. And we're actually having a conversation with this thing hmm. and it's like it's so weird it's like you're having a conversation with a dead person and we're like listen just what's going on and it told us you know it, we don't like you being here um we're trying to protect it from something we don't like the change that's going on and we're like what's going on and my brother's like is it something inhuman something that never lived and it said yes hmm. and at that point we're like oh my god this stuff is trying to fight, um, you know, a demonic entity, right. at which point we actually wrapped up the investigation because, um, you know, I'm not trained to deal with a demon. Right. Uh, we had already seen it earlier tonight from Mike, um, who freaked out when he saw it. And like I said earlier, as Ryan and I were reviewing the footage, we actually did see that thing from his GoPro. And, um, you know, at that point, when you're dealing with a demon, it's like, OK, we, we have to stop. I just stop. I'm not going to deal with that. Sure. So it, it's really weird because, you know, with that church specifically, I mean, it had such a beautiful history. Um, I could go into the long story about how the church, um, you know, definitely showed a reconciliation between the North and the South after the Civil War. But, you know, the beings that were there protecting it were trying to protect it from things like us, which are going there and, you know, pushing the envelope a bit. Yeah. So it can definitely a spirit can, you know, scare you. It could say things to threaten you. But ultimately, um, you know, the difference between that and demon is a demon's going to go ahead and hurt you. At one point, um, Mike, who had, um, you know, no cuts or anything, who didn't bump or fall or trip on anything during the night. Yeah. We're sitting down in the recreation room and he's like, guys, I have these scratches on my thumb. Yeah. And he stands up and we look at it. It's like, oh, that's weird. Mike, is it a mosquito bite or something? He's like, no. He starts spontaneously bleeding like it's something out of like the freaking exorcist. And oh. we're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> And my brother, who um, is still recovering from shoulder surgery, he told me at one point, wow, something dug into my stitches. He was just walking. He's like, I'm in um, incredible pain. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were touched throughout the night. But, you know, I do believe that what, you know, tried to harm my brother and what caused uh, Mike to start bleeding was a demonic presence. Sure. Yeah. So um, not to dig too deeply into this, but. Uh, do you think that there's a possibility that even the nice ones, the ones that don't meet your criteria for demon are more deceptive ones that are just trying to make you dig into this more? I mean, I was raised super conservative Christian, whatever. Um, <laughs> and everything's a demon. There's a demon around every corner, <laughs> but, um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, what is it that makes you think that the nice ones are not deceiving you, are not demons of some sort that are trying to get you to keep digging into this realm that um, the Bible does imply should not be tampered with. Well, uh, on that note specifically, I do consider what I'm doing hardcore evangelism. 
because uh, it's really hard to go against the stuff that I'm seeing. And maybe if it freaks you out, you should go ahead and check into your church this upcoming Sunday. <laughs> so you're welcome, pastoral studies majors from Liberty University. I did your job better than you. Uh, secondly, secondly, when it comes to this type of stuff, um, you're absolutely right. You never know what you're encountering because mm-hmm. you, you just don't know. So my, my biggest thing is you try and set up the barriers. Uh, a demon, an um you know, an ill intent spirit is going to try and seduce you. If it sounds too good to be true, if it sounds like grandma, if it sounds like, you know, a loved one or something, it's probably too good to be true. And then if they start telling you things like your future, you definitely know you need to get out of that situation. So when the seduction is there, when it's really luring you in, Mm -hmm. I do consider that, you know, kind of like a boundary where it's like, okay, you got to cut this off. If it's just like answering basic questions and stuff like that, um, I don't necessarily think it's going to try and do something crazy because ultimately what what a demon wants to do is it really wants to mess up your mind. A ghost just wants to interact. It's like even adult spirits that we've encountered, um, you know, they, they definitely crave attention in a sense. So they're going to try and get your attention. Well, they got nothing better to do. So why not? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not like people are just going around talking to the dead here and there. Right. So, so are, do you have any, fear of like demonic presences or anything attaching to you following you home you hear about stuff like that where it latches onto you and comes home with you uh just tampering in this stuff um i am i mean my my entire family is pretty on board with this so what we do is we do take protective measures we do ensure that um uh, we we stay strong in prayer sure. before and after an investigation apart from that we put a crushed salt around each of the doors and windows on the outside of our home to form, you know, a a purified barrier. And apart from that being a, you know, good people originally from Arizona, we have a lot of sage, which smells terrible. Actually, I've gotten (laughs) used to, I actually like the smell of sage and it's really funny because it causes my cats and my dog to completely pass out, but we sage the heck out of my house. In fact, now we even have sage scented candles. What is it about sage? Sage is always the thing. Do you know the the history? I, I, I don't. I, I It goes back to some Asian cultures. My grandmother was the one that brought it up to us. She's from Korea, and it's used in a Buddhist rituals and tradition. It also goes back to um, you know, the Native Americans, especially in Arizona, um, with a lot of you know negative spirits in the desert and everything. You know, you could. Um, you know, I think the story of Cocopelli has something to do with, uh, you know, you could summon certain things by using sage and rituals. So I don't necessarily know the the root of what it is. And that's the crazy part because it transcends cultures that never had contact with each other. Right. Um, I also just think that because it smells really bad, nothing that hates you enough is ever going to stick around (laughs) to smell it. So (laughs) I like it. Hey, Dan Smots here. I'm taking a second to interrupt myself talking to talk about myself because you know, I don't get paid a penny for the hours and hours that I put into creating this show for you guys in your greedy little ears. And I've got a family to feed. To make that happen, I run my own media business called Goulash Media. If you have a need in anything from video production to graphic design to audio production and beyond, you can get it all for a painfully fair price at Goulash Media. In video, I do weddings, music videos, commercials, pageants, plays, etc, etc, etc. For design, I do photo editing, album art, logos, branding, business cards, merchandise, you name it. For audio, I do engineering, production, editing, jingles, and, well, 
Apple Podcasts. So if you've got a media need of any kind, or if you'd just like to give a little something back and help keep my children fed, check out all the endless options at my website, goulashmedia.net. That's goulash, G-O-U-L-A-S-H, media.net, where we cater to the little guy with the big vision. <sighs> okay. So how many of these uh, explorations have you been on? Did you do any, were you like digging into this stuff or going on uh, investigations before you started doing the documentaries? I, I had gone on like, you know, ghost hunts where people dress up in like period clothing and they're like, let us know if anyone touches you. Now let's go on an adventure. And, you know, they're very family oriented. Um, my brother... Yeah, you know, period clothing. Oh, where period it's clothing. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> like they'll dress up like pirates or something. So yeah, it's, it's just fun like, and games. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that that stuff is all BS, and you never encounter anything scary. But uh, my brother and my father, who were definitely way more into the paranormal than I, they had been investigating things for over the past year leading up to Haunted Republic. My first full-on investigation was actually at St. Albans. Okay. And since then, we've uh, you know we had. Our uh, trip down to Gettysburg, we investigated several locations, but mainly Suicide Bridge, which is that episode's namesake. Mm -hmm. um, our third investigation was on Featherbed Road here in Virginia, where uh, we, that was just a pre-investigation, but we caught some fantastic stuff that we put on YouTube, where uh, we believe that we encountered the spirit of a Confederate soldier. But, you know, my third major one was, you know, the recent one in the church, and uh, we're still going through that right now. We're actually still communicating with them to, uh, you know, see what we could do about that thing running around right. the property. But uh, in about a week, I'll be going to uh, Warrenton Jail here in Virginia. We've got some uh, awesome people coming. Mike Amaral, who's uh, part of the Team Republic Patreon program, who was actually, you know, one of the investigators in the church this past week. Um, he'll be back with us for uh, Warrenton Jail. Uh, Jason Carrier from, you know, the Remster Republic's Live Free and Grow and his wife will be coming with us and that'll be pretty awesome. Just sneakily so throwing in all the plugs, right? As you go. Just my, <laughs> mine as well, you know, always marketing, bro. But uh, that, that'll be fun and uh, it, it's really scary because Ryan and I were talking after the investigation. He was like, you know, that church was like bar by far the most scariest place I've ever been. I'm like, Ryan, We've been to like battlefields and mental asylums right. and you're saying church scared you. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be like, you know, the jail next week is going to be nothing compared to this. I'm like, Ryan, that place was filled with rapists and killers right. and that doesn't scare you. Like I'm freaking out. And the thing that freaks me about this jail specifically is that it has mannequins. Oh, and geez. the one thing I hate more than they just demons, threw them in there to creep you out. Like they weren't there before. They just knew you were coming and threw a bunch of mannequins in there because there's. Is there any justification for having a bunch of mannequins in a jail? Never, never, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Just to set up a the uh, the premise for a a horror movie special. So with with these investigations that you have been on, um, have you had anything that you think might be something like scary that's followed you home, or have you had any like night terrors or uh, sleep paralysis or anything like that that you think might be attributed to it? Um. I, I do know of other people that have encountered sleep paralysis, so I definitely do believe that it has something that happens. Uh, it just hasn't happened to me yet, you know, knock on wood. Sure. But, uh, you know, it does kind of take a, a toll on you, um, you know, mentally, spiritually. And I even go as far as to say physically it takes a toll on you because you're dealing with something where you're basically – it's like you're, you're touching that barrier. Right. And the more you touch that barrier, you can get – you can – 
have some of it just kind of lurch onto you. And I mean, there have been nights where, um, you know, I, I sleep with the lights on. Uh, you know, I slept on the basement couch one time and I had made sure that, you know, like Ryan was downstairs working or something and or, you know, my girlfriend was around. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I have had some crazy nightmares. The craziest ones have been where I'm kind of replaying a scene from an investigation in my head and something that didn't happen there happens in the dream. For example, as we were on the second floor of that church. Uh, we were using a phasma box, a trigger item, which was a fidget spinner that I happen to have, and uh, one of the mag lights. And even though um, – oh, we were also touched during that point. Uh, the temperature dropped drastically. I was able to see my own breath in this place, and I think it was 69 degrees. Um, at one point in this nightmare I had, um, I feel – you know, the part where I'm touched, I feel something stroke my face – in this dream, I look over and I see a woman in, um, you know, in like, you know, Civil War, like I'm going to say like neo-colonial right. uh, robes and dresses. And she's almost like a, a, a you know, a corpse. Yeah. Like she's just, you know, she's got maggots and everything and she's screaming at me. And I look over and she's touching me and I see her just screaming and then I wake up and it's like 3 a.m. So that's by far the, the craziest thing I've had happen to me where it's like I'm, I'm replaying those moments, yeah. but little things change. For example, like in that Hollywood dream, creeps into your uh, subconscious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so weird. And sometimes it's like what, what's really crazy and this might possibly be sleep paralysis. I don't quite know, but it's like while I'm replaying those moments, I know it's a dream. Like I know yep. it's a dream. For example, with that specific incident right before that, like, you know, corpse bride showed up right next to me. I noticed that Ryan and Mike are switched. Uh, Ryan was right next to me and Mike was on the other side of Ryan. In this dream, I knew it was a dream because Mike was sitting right next to me and Ryan was on the other side of him. But the scary thing is it's like, OK, I can't wake up from this. I can't wake up from this. So actually, you know, that that might possibly be, you know, my first sleep paralysis. That I'm just figuring out now. But, yeah, you know, it definitely does take a toll when um, when I was in Gettysburg and that demonic entity on Suicide Bridge started choking me to the point where I puked up all my dinner in front of, uh, you know, God, family and everyone. Uh, <laughs> you know, I definitely felt creeped out because it's one thing to be touched. I mean, being touched is creepy, uh, being violently attacked like that, yeah. like you're definitely being controlled every to a to a degree i mean you just feel helpless i mean it, it's so creepy you just feel helpless and it's like wow what more could have it done what else could it have done right it will happen again so you know i am a little bit more paranoid now that's why the other night when that thing whatever it was told us that there's a demon running around the property i was like okay we're shutting down the investigation <laughs> now because i just refuse to deal with it sure yeah no that's totally reasonable and i would say similar to i would say that you're uh your dream situation is sleep paralysis. I mean, it's a dream that you can't wake up from, even though you know it's a dream. And I, I've never done any of these uh, investigations or anything, but I've had uh, situations where I am in my bed and I know that I'm asleep and I can see my room around me and I can see like demonic presences. Uh, is it like an out of body experience? No, it's in body. And I'm like, my wife is lying next to me and I know that she's there and I'm trying to say help over and over and over again. And I'm unable to say anything like completely immobilized. Um, I think that might be similar to what you're experiencing, but uh, more in a dream state. So yeah, interesting. So uh, that type of thing, does it, 
Would you, does it scare you to the point that you would encourage people to get into what you're doing or would you recommend that they don't? I mean, leave it up to y'all crazy people who <laughs> are. No, my, my, my first year in the army was 20 times more terrifying than anything I've had to deal with in terms of, you know, investigating <laughs> the paranormal. But, uh, you know, my, my thing is this, I definitely do think people should go out and do this type of stuff because there's nothing more, um, adventurous. And I do think that there's a lack of adventure amongst people and you don't need to go across the world or do something crazy to go find it. Adventure can be right up the road right. and it can happen at any point at that church. I had just asked for parking. I didn't even want to go in. <laughs> I don't know why they gave me the key and asked me to do it, but it just happened. It was, you know, dare I say fate. Um, it's also one of those things where it's like you'll you'll never know the answer unless you go do it yourself. And for people that have, you know, I had people call me. I didn't even know how they got my number from Liberty University specifically. And they're like, Gremso, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That's like I still don't believe that stuff happens. I'm like, so if you can't believe me of all people and the evidence I captured, why don't you come out with me? Mm-hmm. And I get the response, oh, no, that's too scary. All right. <laughs> and that's why you'll never find the answer. Sure. Yeah. In in that vein, um, people that know your religious standings or people that know your political standings and your podcast and everything, do you have any fear that your investigation into this type of stuff will discredit you in any way? No, if anything, I think it strengthened my uh, my credibility in a sense, because I came into the first film. It was I was really trying to disprove a lot of the stuff that happened because I thought the organization running the group event that I went with was faking stuff. And I thought that that stuff just didn't happen. I didn't expect to show some, you know, I do consider groundbreaking evidence. Yeah. Um, I also do think that, you know, the fact that I've been able to break into the realm of film and being a documentarian has definitely helped me out because it's shown people my potential to do that. And I mean, there are crazier things out there. I mean, you know, the guy from The Apprentice is president and people think they can change their gender and they're arguing with me because I found something that's real. It's not that I'm working with a pseudoscience or a fringe belief. No, this stuff is real. I know because I didn't believe it and I went out and I investigated it and I was proven wrong. It's like that woman that directed and produced that film, The Red Pill, about the men's right movement. She went there to expose the fringe ideological opponent. And by the end of the film, she was like, I can't be a feminist anymore because I know the truth. Yeah. So when you know the truth and you're confident in what you did, no one, you know, no one's been able to challenge me on any of the stuff it's like if you think you could disprove something i did go ahead and do it no one's done that but i challenge you to do so just like the voice activated mag light i straight up show you the mag light like right up to the camera at one point and i'm like go to walmart and get this <laughs> so i mean if someone wants to challenge me go ahead but um the, the one thing i think i do that no other ghost show does right now is uh i show you the process um, you know, Ryan and I try and debunk things as they occur. And yeah. when we do find something weird that we still can't prove whether it was fake or it was an anomaly, we straight up say, that's just a weird thing that happens that we can't explain. Come to your own opinion. Right. So I think if anything, it strengthens me. It's shown that I'm, uh, I'm definitely someone that's going out and touching taboo topics that no one really talks about, especially in this field. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely opened up my mind to things. I definitely had no idea that there was a rise of paranormal activity throughout the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Why is no one talking about that? It's not something you'll see in the media 
or online, really. But if you go ahead and connect the dots, there's a increase in paranormal activity on the East Coast. You know, it's also an increase on the East Coast and throughout the country. Satanic cults. Right. Why is no one talking about that? I think now is the time for satanic panic in a sense. Sure. But uh, I mean, you know, there's so much real stuff out there. I don't know why people are wasting their time with the fake news. We already know they're fake. Why not go out and find some truth, even if it's stuff that's not even related to, you know, the here, the now. This is These are questions that we've had for so long. We have the means to do it. We have the time to do it. I did this with um, two Canon Rebels, a GoPro, an iPhone, and some flashlights. Yeah. Um, and I had a budget that included lodging, travel, food, marketing – of around five hundred dollars. Sure, you can go on IMDb.com, uh, you know, Internet Movie Base, where you find real films. Hundred Republic Saint Alvin Santorum is a real film, and I'm a real director and producer. <laughs> My budget's right there. Sure, I don't have I don't have money for anything else. So if I could do this, and I of all people was willing to do this and put everything on the line to prove or disprove something, right. I think anyone can. And I'm not saying that to be you know, um, you know, super super confident or boastful or anything that's just a fact if you don't think you can do it that's a lie you could do it just go do it it's like when i talk to young journalists it's like they're like remso i want to do what you do and it's like okay you got an iphone it's like yeah (laughs) i'm like there you go you can change the world with an iphone and facebook live it's like well how will i get there hitchhike i don't care go if you want to do it do it (laughs) there's nothing stopping you find the way to do it absolutely good libertarian standpoint there um so uh do you think that there's like like why do you think that this is so shunned do you think that it is like some sort of conspiracy to hide keep people from looking into it do you think there's more to it um why is it so uh you know shunned in the science community i think it's shunned for the same reason um you know like you know it's like the climate change debacle where are the 99% of scientists that say that climate change is real? A majority of them don't exist. And then you're again, you're saying you've surveyed every climatologist and environmentalist and chemist in the world and you've come to that conclusion. Uh, when in fact that there are plenty of scientists and climatologists and chemists and biologists that say it's not real. But the reason why they don't often come out is because then they'll lose funding or they'll be shunned. Sure. Um, so that there's definitely that fear in terms of this specifically, I do believe that, you know, there's a secular war on religion, not just Christianity, but just religion as a whole. Um, you know, the left doesn't target, uh, Islam because if you speak out against Islam, the radical ones will kill you. So of course they're not going to say anything about that. But, you know, if you go ahead and prove that there is something beyond the physical realm, then that opens up the Pandora's box on everything. Um, You know, Mike Amaral, he's a pagan. Yeah. Um, I mean, he went with us and now like that opened up his eyes, but he has a completely different view on how those things exist than me coming from a biblical Christian perspective will. And, uh, you know, I've never met an atheist paranormal investigator. I've only met people that were atheists who are now more spiritually inclined because they encountered this and they saw that it was real. Well, so that when you go something that, that uh, the Warrens say, uh, it, you never have an atheist investigator in a haunted house or whatever. Um, I actually did have 
the other guys who came on the podcast to talk about these things that they're doing. There was one guy who was a Christian, another guy who was an atheist, and they were working together, which I really appreciated. But um, he said that's really important because it keeps each other objective in a sense. Right. It's like with me and Ryan. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good because you know I came at things from the perspective of there are no ghosts, there are only demons, and Ryan's like, well, the, I I believe you're wrong. I believe in purgatory yeah. and different, you know. Uh, levels of energy beings and now i'm changing my opinion more so towards his leaning on things so i definitely do think that and that's the beautiful thing that guy that's an atheist he's being intellectually honest and whether he proves himself right or wrong at least he's going out there and questioning things right absolutely and actually i am uh this is news to everybody listening but um i shot one of the guy's weddings this past week and he invited me on one of their uh investigations into a yeah. into a masonic lodge where there will be a masonic ritual or meeting or whatever going on in the upstairs which includes if his if what he says and what i remember are correct to 32nd degree masons um and we will be able to go in and talk to them in their in between sessions uh we won't be able to record them necessarily but Ah. that's going on and I will, I will document everything. Um, so for you, somebody who has done it and me, somebody who has not ever done it, do you have any, uh, insight, anything that like, as far as gear, as far as what to look for, things to do, do you have any suggestions? Um, pack a lot of batteries and chargers, a good camera and have your iPhone ready. You don't need anything super crazy. Um, I've got plenty I of camera that, gear. I shoot weddings and I have a million yeah. batteries, so that's fine. <laughs> I, I will say that my biggest regret was that I definitely um, did not anticipate the level of darkness you encounter right. at some places. I'm talking like literal darkness. Yeah. Like I wish I had a, a, a thermal yeah. or infrared. I, or at least I'm not. actually looking into a night vision second camera. So <laughs> You know, I'm going to go ahead and send you the link to the one that we bought that cool. we just used the other night, and I love it. And I think, you know, I, I actually think the fact that we didn't have one for the first couple films actually added to the ambiance and we were really good at lighting we actually got away with putting it out a pretty good deal the fact that you know majority of it was dark yeah. but i think that you know gave a more cinematic feel in a way but um you know definitely have a night vision camera um you know just be be open to anything happening because you know a lot of these guys on tv um they don't do anything more so than what you could do yourself apart from just the camera and the recording um you know uh just ways of testing for communication a flashlight session a good phasma box that doesn't have um you know what we encountered was that some you know spirit boxes on like the itunes app store not only do they have pre-generated um you know phrases but they also have geolocation capabilities so if let's say you're standing next to a lake that thing's going to track your location and actually it's going to say something like water or wet. (laughs) Sure. So, you know, definitely, you know, proofing your, uh, equipment to make sure you're not using anything that could possibly mislead you or give you false evidence is important. But you know, the, the biggest tool you have at your disposal is your own objective mind. It's being able to stay cool in a moment and question everything because it's when you question things and you're like, huh, what if this awesome thing I found isn't what it is? You might encounter the fact that that awesome thing ends up being something more incredible than what you thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, as far as gear, what they use is they have like the old school spirit box or whatever. Um, I don't know much about this stuff, so I'm just talking out my ass. 
which is fine. Um, but they also uh, use an app called Spiritus, which uh, he contacted the guy who created it and made sure that it was legit and asked, like, how does this work and this work and this work? Um, like, just really breaking it down and digging into it. Um, have you had any any experience with that particular app? I I have heard of it. I have not utilized it, so I can't give you an objective opinion. Um, I mean, the go-to stuff I usually have with me are, um, you know, the the mag lights that I conduct spirit. Um, I'm sorry, flashlight sessions with, and um, you know, just have two good quality Canon Rebels yeah. that I use. We have a Kodak camera that's attached to a infrared light mm-hmm. that we recently bought. We bought the the night vision camcorder. And apart from that, you know, actually like I have it on video folks, so I'll show it to Dan, but I'll describe it really well. Sure. I got a really good, um, you know, iPhone tripod keychain yeah. That's also a bottle opener mm-hmm. when you got to crack a cold one, when you're scared <laughs> and I got a little iPhone, um, you know, it's a little shotgun mic attachment that right. goes into your headset port. And what I do is for example, in the first film St. Albans, you see this really well. What I'll do is I'll set my iPhone in the vertical position on that tripod with the um with the microphone facing outward mm-hmm. and i catch not only great audio but i cat i caught some great up close video of that and it gives you a, a very clear angle so you know just even you know pimping out your iphone people sure. think oh that's lazy photography or that's lazy videography but yeah, it's the quality. best thing you could you're, have. you're shooting for capturing something so do what yeah. you can <laughs> i mean people will always find the thing to complain about we've been using the iphone less for things but honestly like i that's a new medium people that discredit it are just haters because they want to seem like oh look at my thousand dollar camera that's <laughs> nice that's good yep. but my iphone caught something amazing and let's talk more about right. the evidence which i do have so, three uh couple thousand dollar cameras so yeah, we should be set there. <laughs> but, yeah, you um, should be all good. Yeah, and I've got uh, about five different ways to record audio. But um, yeah, batteries is like the biggest thing, though. Batteries and chargers, because uh, at the at the church, for example, like our cameras, like we had four cameras die at once. Yeah. And we had just charged those. So half the night was us just trying to charge things right. and replace batteries constantly, only to find that when we went to a different room, they were fully charged. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think we were able to catch it on camera because as soon as I tried to capture this, my camera died, even though it was at 99% battery a minute ago. But I went over to Ryan's camcorder and it was like at 1%. And I'm videotaping this. I'm like, oh, what the hell? And next thing you know, my phone, which was at 99%, died as I'm trying to capture his, which was at 99% and it died. Yeah. So, you know, those things, residual beings especially that need more energy in order to communicate, um, I mean, they will drain the life out of your battery. Like, And it makes documenting so much more (laughs) difficult. So um, after watching your documentary, which we haven't really talked about much at all, um, (laughs) and I I made a bunch of notes on it. And as I told you before we started recording, my computer ate them. Um, My dog ate my homework. But uh, my biggest issue (laughs) was when... Uh, so you're in a room and you ask if they like John, if this ghost likes Johnny Cash and they say yes. And then whoever it was that turned it on on their iPhone played like Hurt and, uh, the other newer Johnny Cash song. Like why, why choose the new Johnny Cash songs? Because (laughs) everyone kept telling me to play Ring of Fire and I was like, why would I play something that they're telling me? I already don't trust these people. So let's go ahead and see if I get any reaction. 
And what's funny is, so I'm playing her, and I probably should have described this better in the film, but you know, I've gone on the record to say I purposely did it because of that. Sure. But at one point uh, in the Alcoholics Ward, where we were playing it a little bit louder. Um, oh, and by the way, the reason why Johnny Cash is because we were told that you know if you play Johnny Cash in that area, right. because at one point he had checked into St. Albans. He was never a full patient there, but he had checked in and he quickly left. Right. Um, the, the the patients there loved him. If you play Johnny Cash, they'll react. So I played Hurt and I played... Um, uh, going to yeah, cut you down. Yeah. yeah, I played that one specifically because I was like, okay, I want to see if I can get some like, you know, a uh, pre-recorded reaction from something in the room. Um, sure. I got some pretty good reaction, but the thing was, and this is why it's good that, you know, being an investigative journalist and an interviewer, um, if you ask, this is advice to anyone in the realm of journalism. If you ask basic questions, you're going to get basic answers. Right. You want to go ahead and put people and put things in a position where you could trip them up. So I'm not asking it, are you here? Sure. I started out with those questions, but immediately I'm like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and play because I had to delete almost all the other music and apps on stuff on my phone to save space for audio and video. Right. I was like... I'm going to play something from my generation. Yeah. You know, Robbie Williams and that <laughs> thing started screaming at me and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to play millennium. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole time me and my wife were watching the documentary. I'm like, play something they know, man, play something they know. <laughs> but, uh, that, that's the thing that worried me though, because I'm like, I, I'm already catching things that are making me want to crap myself. I don't, I don't want to give into this because I really wanted to play Ring of Fire yeah. really badly because I'm like, oh, it'll come. Right. But if you do that, if you fall to the susceptibility of wanting to prove it just because you want it to happen, um, you you know, at that point you stop being objective. And I'm like, my job here is to try and find the limits and find the left and right boundaries. I'll play Johnny Cash. Right. I'm not playing that song. Nice. I like it. I'll accept your answer. <laughs> um, so what is your plan for Haunted Republic for the future? Like, where do you want it to go? Eventually, I would like to. Um, it's not necessarily like, you know, one gentleman who was uh, in our first film, he wanted he he, he brought up the fact that he's like, oh, well, if Travel Channel or Destination America will bring this up. And right. I was like, you know, that that's not really. That wasn't really my goal. I didn't want to turn this into a Haunted Republic TV show. But if I could do that, I would totally say yes. Right. But, uh, you know, I definitely want to go to places and conduct sessions that you're not going to see elsewhere because I think a lot of phonies have poisoned the well, so to speak. And because they faked things, because they've, you know, turned more into actors and they've gone for more theatrics, they've definitely right. destroyed the art form of investigations. So what I want to do is I want to go to places that they're typically not going to be able to go. For example, everyone goes to the same parts of the Gettysburg battlefield. Mm -hmm. From what we've been able to gather, no one ever went to the Grove, to Saxton Bridge, or to Suicide Bridge. How is that possible? And film <laughs> I don't know. I mean, here's the thing about Gettysburg. You toss a rock and you're going to hit uh, a paranormal investigation mm -hmm. office. There are more paranormal investigators 
and offices there than there are McDonald's. <laughs> and Gettysburg is just so large. So to their credit, um, you know, there's a lot to do. I don't know why they keep going to the same places. My guess is because they want to be able to catch the same thing. Because, you know, when you're dealing with a show like Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, Redneck Ghost Hunters of the Month or something, <laughs> uh, what are they, what are they, what's their mission? Their mission isn't to catch Sensation. and, you know, catch things. Yeah, they need to get a second season. I'm entirely, um, you know, patron funded for Haunted Republic. Occasionally I get sponsors who become associate producers for the film, Mm -hmm. but most of the time, you know, like 99% of my funding comes from pledgers and donors and I'm not chasing another season. What I'm chasing is, okay, the next time I do do something, when I get the chance to do it, will I have better quality? Will I be a little bit more seasoned? Will I be able to travel farther? Honestly, like my dream investigation would be the amityville horror house sure it's a private residence now and the people there haven't disclosed their identities for you know for the rightful reasons but if i could like to the if they would let me go there kind of like the that beautiful congregation that randomly gave the strangers to uh that randomly gave the keys to a stranger that said he's hunting for ghosts around the corner (laughs) i mean i would love that but you know i'm not doing this to get um you know, super big or anything, because then I think that would cause a problem. I, of course, I would do it if I if I got an offer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've got to talk to folks like Jim Harold, who's, you know, probably the best paranormal podcaster in the world. Um, mm-hmm. 10 million downloads, great interviews. And I got to be on, you know, a whole bunch of other paranormal shows where people are like, why is a political commentator doing this? Right. And then, you know, like <laughs> the other night with uh, Jason Hawes from Taps and Ghost Hunters. And now I'm on your show talking about this. I mean, honestly, man, I'm sick about talking about politics on the time. <laughs> this is the real news. Sure. This is the stuff that actually like no one touches because it's fringe. And the fringe is what constitutes life. People, you know, take the red pill, folks. This stuff is <laughs> happening. Sure. So uh, your ultimate goal, would it be to get a TV show that you have full control over? Or what is the point that you sell out and give in to the sensationalist? I, I I think I would constantly want things to be on my terms. But, you know, ultimately, I do want more Patreon pledgers just for the sake of, you know, everything goes back and it, it, I get reinvested into Haunted Republic. So if I could just be solely um, responsible to you know, to the people that are pledging monthly, my job is to satisfy them and to give them the best thing possible. My job is not to constantly try and get a season renewal because if I'm giving out a good product, if people trust that what I'm doing is good, then that shouldn't be a problem. Mm -hmm. So you've pretty much answered this question, but your thoughts on, uh, all the, Hollywood stuff, the like even the Warrens and the Conjuring and that type of thing, all of the Hollywood stuff and the TV shows, do you think that that is all just sensational or do you think that there is uh, a certain TV show or a certain movie or something that is actually shedding light on the stuff that you're looking into? Oh, wow, that, that's hard. In, in terms of the Warrens, um, I, I do think that they've been kind of used in a sense because while their books and their investigations, I believe, are 100% true, like The Conjuring and everything else, uh, I mean, obviously that stuff, while it's based off true events, the stories there aren't true. The Warrens were used more as characters. Sure. Even when you look at the uh, Annabelle story, uh, yes, Annabelle is a real doll, but Annabelle creation, Annabelle, the first film, while they surface around a doll called Annabelle and the Warrens, all things that exist. Those specific stories never happened. Sure. 
Um, so I do think they've been used. So based uh, on a true story means these people existed by name and that's about it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, B- basically, because, you know, they're they're one more sensationalist move away from giving, um, you know, Mr. Warren superpowers to like set <laughs> things on fire with his mind. That's how far they go with this stuff in terms of changing the sure. content. They're extremely liberal with it. But uh, I, I like Paranormal Lockdown. Um, Nick Groff from there, I think is pretty cool. I do think, uh, Ghost of Shepherdstown has definitely been a little bit more, uh, on the scripted side, but, mm-hmm. you know, Ghost Adventures I've kind of tuned out of in a way. Um, you know, loved Ghost Hunters growing up, but honestly, one of my favorite things was, uh, Scariest Places on Earth. Sure. Growing up, I loved that show. Um, I wish it would come back, but you know, I, I don't like, uh, what, what's the one of the mountain men where they're trying to find the blood skull and everything else and the, uh, West Virginia, witch and stuff like that. Like that stuff is obviously <laughs> bullshit. If you think that's real, then like y- you gotta like take out the crack pipe and throw it away folks. But like that stuff is just absolutely stupid. You can't tell me for a second that that is real. It's like Amish mafia. Like seriously, what <laughs> dumbass would believe that any of that stuff was real. Sure. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> so, Remzo, I, I love your input. And honestly, you have had a lot of things that the other guys didn't bring up that shed some light on some of the questions that I've had and made me think that it might be okay to... I mean, I, I'm getting into this paranormal uh, investigation stuff on my own with uh, those guys, but... I uh, still had a little bit of an uneasy feeling, and my wife is even more paranoid than I am about digging into it. So thanks for coming on. Well, that just means you need to do it together. Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll bring the demons home as a as a family. The family who conjures demons together stays together or dies there together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, thanks for coming on, and I hope you come on more often. Anytime you are you have something new going on, you're more than welcome. And uh, before we do that, let the people know where they can find your stuff. Yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter, at Remso101. That's R-E-M-S-O-101. You can find me on Facebook at Remso W. Martinez. My Facebook fan page is there. But, you know, if you just want to hang out with Haunted Republic and everything else, just $1. You throw away $1 in pocket change. $1 not only gets you access to all of the advanced showings of any public episode of Haunted Republic we do, but you get exclusive content, photos, videos, interviews, podcasts. Um, You get your name in the credits of every future film so for one dollar a month you get everything haunted republic nice. and um yeah i mean that's just like you get so much from that other people will just give you like a newsletter and stuff and maybe like a shout out i give you so much just for one dollar because <laughs> i believe in this program so much and i want people to have fun with it so that helps uh definitely keep haunted republic going but you know you can find our first film haunted republic st Albans santorium absolutely free on youtube just put haunted republic and you'll find it there haunted republic st Albans santorium if you want to be extra persnickety about that but uh yeah you could definitely do that but definitely you know um my challenge is this if you don't believe me come investigate something with me sure we may or may not find something but we'll have fun in the process and that's the purpose of it because if you're not having fun you're doing it wrong absolutely well, yeah, man. Um, if you're down to stick around, we can uh, record a little bit of bonus content here and talk about some other paranormal stuff for... Let's do it! <laughs> for a little bit of time. I assume that's a yes. In the meantime, for those of you that aren't paying to be a part of the Downers Club, 
that's all you're going to get. Sorry. So, you know, get there if you want it. Um, but Remzo, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. And again, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it a lot, brother. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good one. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, guys. Thanks for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Remzo Martinez as much as I did. And I didn't say it at the beginning of the show because I didn't want to be a total downer uh, in the literal sense. But the investigation that I talked about with Remzo, where I was supposed to be going into this um, Freemason Lodge, it's not going to happen now. Unfortunately, I had to bail out of that. Um, reason being, I have a job and my job pays me. Uh, my job is to film weddings and I had to take on a wedding on that same day because they were paying me enough money to make it worth it. So I am very sadly having to bow out of that investigation, which was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but, you know, I have a family to feed. If you guys want me to just totally quit my job and spend all of my time uh, looking into this crazy stuff, I'll go on all the investigations you want and report back to you. I'll make documentaries. I'll do, uh, you know, all sorts of crazy things for your entertainment. Uh, if you want me to do that, though, you're going to have to join the Downers Club and help me support my family and keep uh, keep my family fed. If you want to do that, go to tsidpod.com forward slash support. And it's not just handing me money. I am giving you all sorts of bonus content in return. And there's many tiers to the Downers Club where you can get uh, some free merch, some merch discounts. You can get a Skype chat with me and some of the guys that come on the show regularly at the $50 level. You can actually be a part of the show. So go check all that out. And I would be more than happy to quit filming weddings altogether and just do this 100% of the time. It's not looking very plausible or feasible in the near future, but hey, I'm a dreamer. So just throwing that out there to say I will not be filming that investigation as much as it saddens me. Um, hopefully I'll be able to do something similar in the future, and I'll let you know if I do. Until then, go jump on the System Is Down forum and talk to me. Talk to all of us and let us know what you want to talk about, what you want to hear about, what, you know, just have your own uncomfortable discussions. It's a great place. We've got a lot of crazy people, uh, but it's just uncomfortable yet civil discussions. We don't name call or be douchebags to each other. We just talk about life and it's fantastic. So you can find that by going to tsidpod.com forward slash forum. You can find links to all this stuff in the show's description. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook at fb.com forward slash the system is down and Twitter at TSIDpod. And of course, please go subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. I would appreciate it with all my heart. Do all that, and I'll be back here next week with some more fun, comfortable discussions for you. Until then, question everything and stay uncomfortable. Thanks, guys. This has been a Goulash Media production. Goulashmedia.net. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.